It's 5 o'clock in pirate country, and it's time to get pumped up with the P-Man. hit the road. 94.3 The Game is going to get you home, and the P-Man's not holding back. Yes! Yes! Pirates win! Pirates win! Bring on the Patrick Johnson Show on 94.3 The Game. Holy mackerel! Oh my goodness! The flagship station of the ECU Pirates. What a way to begin March. What a way. Welcome in, everybody. Patrick Johnson Show, final ECU basketball home game of the 2022-23 season. What a season it has uh, been. Several uh, last couple weeks certainly have uh, have had uh, their ups and downs, have been emotional, but these guys have uh, continued to play and uh, persevere. And uh, we'll see what happens tonight against the Tulane Green Wave. Nine o'clock tip. Ben B-Baby Byram in the hizzle. March Madness came early. Hey, Ben. Uh, what do you mean March Madness came early? Oh, it's just been absolute madness around here. Ah, uh, that's true. Uh, the one and only Chris Cookie Cook. <laughs> Woo! Producing today. Woo! Hey, don't call st- in the mic. Very unprofessional. Yeah, I'm sorry. I'm still not 100% over whatever's been bothering me the last well, you've, several weeks you've been a man about town on the mic calling baseball now big time lots of talking in the mic and i haven't i haven't talked to you guys on air in a long time i i feel i feel today's a you know with it sort of being the first day of meteorological spring is that a thing i guess uh, it is meteorological spring yes I think they could. I think meteorologists consider this the first day of spring. Oh, okay. Yeah, winter's pretty much over. Yeah, yeah I saw it's well, going to be like in the seventies for most of the week. Yeah, but it's supposed to be like snowing by the end of March, supposedly. That's, hey, I'm down. That's just North Carolina. It hasn't snowed a single time. I'm down. Okay. All right. Uh, ben, you know what it, tonight is, and I, I know you guys are going to have your fun with this. Way too late for me. Uh oh. AEW Rampage, or whatever their show is. I know you love that show. I don't know about that, but I just... <laughs> I, know, I don't either. I know tonight is 9 o'clock tip. Woo! That's that's late. Is that an ESPN deal? Did they, they set that up? That's a, Yeah, that's the U is put them in the uh, 9 o'clock slot. Oof. That's just... Woo, that's late for, for the old people, especially when I have to to do the TOT tomorrow. Hey, it's unlikely, but Tulane could possibly be a bid stealer. It's it's unlikely, but it could happen. You know, what's interesting is, remember when uh, Temple came here for the first conference game of the year? Yes, yes, I do, unfortunately. Their people were even talking then because they had had such a rotten pre-conference schedule in yep. there that they basically were, and I think the same thing with Cincinnati, I think the same thing with, uh, as you mentioned, Tulane, I think a lot of these teams in the American were hoping that they could be in a situation where they're peaking yeah, and could win in Fort Worth next week. That's, that's I think, what it kind of comes down to for that. I agree. For that grouping. I, I, I think they that's the only way it happens. I guess Memphis is still 
kind of in the uh, the equation? It seems like, according to all the bracketologists, that Memphis is going to get in with an at-large bid. They would need a, a complete dumpster fire showing in a tournament for them not to get a bid. What if they finish third behind Temple? Or Tulane, excuse me. I... Do you throw all three in then? Do you throw a Houston, Tulane, No, and Temple, Memphis? Tulane's, I don't think the resume's there. The last four buys in as of yesterday for Lenardi, Memphis. By the way, we'll talk a little more March Madness. We'll talk a little more college basketball. And we'll remember Terry Holland uh, coming up later with uh, CBS Sports, NCAA Tournament Analyst, ESPN, ACC Network Analyst, Dan Bonner will be with us coming up in a little bit. So um, we'll talk Lenardi. We'll talk Bracketology. We'll talk some Terry Holland. It'll be a lot of fun. Uh, that's the thing that I guess, you know, Memphis has the SEC wins in the non-conference, and, yep. and those those wins count, and they, they help your case. All those games back in November and December. But I just I don't know if there is any sort of – what if they do finish behind Tulane? I tell you what, I think Tulane's best chance is if they make a big run in the tournament, and I think they can because they have really good guard play, they have really good bigs. I mean, they have a team built for the tournament. For whatever reason, they just can't. They weren't very consistent during the year, and I think that's really going to hold them back. Tulane has issues defensively. Yeah. And I don't think it's ability. I think maybe it's effort, effort on that end yeah. of the floor. But there's still, I mean, Tulane's got three games remaining. I mean, there's Memphis a couple. There's still a possibility. Well, I think there's a possibility of Temple. The problem with Temple is in their non-conference play. Well, they won I'm, all the I'm big talk- games and lost all the ones that didn't matter. Right. Yeah. I'm talking about uh, possibility Tulane finishes ahead of Memphis. Yeah. In the state. No, yeah. No, it's it's a possibility for sure. Which but, is but crazy right now, to think about. But right now, those teams are trending in opposite directions. Yeah, so. absolutely. Hard, hard to say. Uh, speaking of a bad direction, obviously, uh, Pirate Baseball does not like the Tuesday games, at least in the early season. 0-2 in the in the Tuesday games. And uh, pitching, again, abandoned them. A lot of freebies uh, issued. The bats and the approach, according to Coach Godwin, could never get going. Uh, Cookie's got... A uh, couple Cliff Godwin cuts for us. Uh, he talked about the Pirate offense against Duke, calling it uh, terrible and disappointing. Yeah, offense was terrible. I'll, I'll wear that, but just soft at bats, uh, not sticking to our plan. Um, yeah, they did a good job, but we did not execute our plan offensively. And you tell a team that you're coming off a big weekend, you're playing in front of a lot of people, and you're not going to have a big crowd today. you got to be ready to show up. and. You know you're going to get everybody's best punch, so I'm just disappointed that we didn't show up and have tougher at-bats. Coach Godwin says the guys who came off the bench did a good job. Too many. Um, you know, I thought Root did a good job. I thought Jake Hunter did a good job. Um, you know, I thought Cam Murphy coming off the bench got a swing off. Um, I really thought the guys that came off the bench did a good job. <laughs> ben, Ben's sending me a message. You're just trying to make me. Crack, aren't you, Ben? Hey, I thought the text line was anonymous. Well, this, no, this one is. This was an internal messaging. Oh, this okay. is our production meeting during the show. Mm. Yeah, this is the production meeting during the show. Gotcha, you know? gotcha. By the way, uh, let me get to this before we uh, say anything else about baseball. And we do have a giveaway coming up, so stand by to dial. It's a pretty good giveaway, really great giveaway if we if you think about it. But um, tomorrow on the show, big announcement from 
regarding Ben B. Baby Byram. Are you ready for this, Ben? I am ready. Okay. Big announcement ready. tomorrow regarding Ben B. Baby Byram. That's tomorrow. Um, look, I I watched a little bit of the game. I listened to the middle portion and watched the end of it. it well, was, nobody could watch it unless they were there. No, it was on ESPN or ACC Network Extra. Oh, you know, I mean, if you can make out what you're seeing, then all the more power well, to you. Let me. I'm, I'm glad you brought that up in a way. Yeah. Voice of the fan here. I no, I understand, and and as as a guy who has lived all this, I I think I could explain. It doesn't mean it's I'm defending anybody. It doesn't mean that I'm. You can provide an explanation, giving your experience. I can provide I can provide an explanation with through my yes. Thank you, Ben. Very very well put. Ben. There we go. Yes, I'm a they scholar. They have these things in the streaming plus net, uh, network extra vernacular world, however you want to put it. They, they call them pass-through broadcasts. Now, I don't know what that means. But I do know that those are a minimum standard broadcast to be put on any streaming app or device. And some schools do a little more with it than others. I've actually done some of those in the ACC where you're kind of a solo act. You have minimum, minimal to no graphics, and it's a single camera shoot. What and, and and East Carolina has it for ESPN Plus. The games that you hear, the radio play-by-play, is that style. Now, because of the popularity of baseball and the hard work work of that crew, they have put together multiple cameras and replay and graphics and things to make it as close to a full broadcast as the full broadcast are. We're very fortunate here. Yeah. And here's the other thing you have to consider with Duke. They're in a ballpark that's not on their campus. They choose to play at the Durham Bulls Athletic Park. But the Bulls aren't doing anything to help them with their production. Well, yeah, they probably don't make any money off baseball there, if we're being honest. Well, nobody makes any money on baseball. Yeah. But the point is, that's a big stadium, shadows, single camera. I mean, you were lucky the camera followed... And I'm not defending any decision that Duke made. In full disclosure, I'm actually going to work some of the ACC Network extra stuff for Duke later in the spring, not baseball, but but other spring sports. And I think that they they do a really, really good job. They have a top-line production, typically. Yesterday, I was a little shocked when I flipped it on, thinking, well, this is a big game. It's a big game, nationally ranked team. I, I didn't know how it would look. But I thought, well, they'll have. But it was it was sort of the the standard, the minimum standard. Not saying it was right. Not saying you were wrong, Ben. But yeah, there's these productions cost a lot of money, even at a streaming level, to put on. And there's budgets. And even the and, and uh, you know some were out there tweeting or texting or posting. You know, where's all this TV money? You know, that the I, ACC like, has. I like to see what complaining ECU fans say. I like to be well, the voice know, for them on these kind I, of shows. I, so. I know you do, but I'm just saying. I'd like the pot. People were saying, where, where do they, where's the mighty ACC spend its money? I'll tell you where they, where they spend their money. Football and ba- men's basketball. Yeah. Money making sports. Yeah, That's where absolutely. they spend their money. Baseball's just it, not there yet. And I'm not even talking the broad, the broadcast because a lot of those broadcasts are not done through that local platform like Plus. Well, now, a few of them are in basketball. But, I mean, they 
that's they're using that TV money in their arms race uh, to build to build facilities to do things to to give them an edge in recruiting. What, now what, what again, you... doesn't make it doesn't make it right, doesn't make anybody's point wrong. I just thought when when you said that, I thought well maybe I need to explain what was going on there. It and, and my experience with Duke from afar has been. It seems like last year they had more full productions, but maybe that was, you know, just the times I was doing stuff in the ACC and noticed it. I don't know. Well, from what I understand, um, that ballpark isn't necessarily broadcaster friendly. I think uh, they had Scooter calling that game from along the first base line, which is kind of out of the norm for most ballparks. Um, the broadcast booths are down the first base line for some reason. Yeah, which is a little weird and kind of kind of little prevents presents a little bit of a challenge for a broadcaster not really knowing what. But again, can't really see if the you're pitches. the if you're the Bulls, you're selling those really primo box space. I'm guessing behind, behind the plate. Yeah, behind the plate. Because I mean they're making money. Well, yeah, minor league's not concerned about broadcasts. If we're being honest, I mean they don't make their money that way. Well, and it's Capital Broadcasting, which owns not your granddaddy's WRAL, and <laughs> your favorite. They've got uh, they've they've got that wired up to do broadcast. Yeah, you know, for the minor league baseball stuff. But I they I, I, obviously they're not contributing any of that uh, infrastructure to Anybody the else, ACC yeah. stuff. Yeah, and, and nor should they. Unless you know, they're not in the business of. Doing anything that's not going to make them money. So it was a little frustrating. It was disappointing. It was really frustrating to watch the game at the beginning because of the shadows. But I mean, that's that's was designated for whatever reason as that thing. And a lot of it has to do this time of year. They're still finishing up basketball. That's the big deal there. And I'm not sure if Duke's they must not have because I think the guy who does the baseball does the women's basketball. So they and they're actually starting the tournament this week. So there's no. They just, I guess it's just a, I don't know, it seems like they're doing a lot of those solo type of broadcasts this time of year, those pass-throughs, they say. Um, all right, well, let's, uh, we got a great, we'll do a pirate report next, preview the basketball game. We've got a great uh, prize pack for you right now. Uh, we'll do caller number five. Here's what you'll get. Tickets to tonight's. Men's basketball game. Cookie will take him over to We'll Call for you. So two tickets to the basketball game tonight. And then two tickets to each of the games this weekend for the LeClaire Classic. So the Indiana game, the Long Beach State game, and the Georgetown game, and the Chico's Mexican Restaurant gift card. Shout out Chico's later in the month celebrating their 40th anniversary. So a big, huge prize packet. If you're caller five, you'll be a wiener. 252-561-GAME, 252-561-4263. William in Winterville was our winner. A little alliteration. Uh, William gets a pair of tickets to the Hoops game tonight at 9. Whew. Uh, and then a pair of tickets to each of the baseball games this weekend. Uh, and then uh, Chico's Mexican Restaurant gift card. William, uh, congrats. Thanks for listening. And uh, the floor is yours. What you got? 
Uh, thank you. I, I love the show. It's my ride home every day from work. I just enjoy listening to you guys every day. You're kind, William. You've already won the prize. There's no need to suck up anymore. So. Oh, okay. You you got you got the prize, so that was good. All right, you're gonna to go to basketball tonight. Can you make it tonight to the basketball game? I'm gonna try my best. My son has a basketball game tonight at seven thirty, so we're gonna try oh, that to you guys that roll. Get over there. He'll go out. He'll dump thirty. You guys roll out of there, and you go right there. It'll be right there for you at will call, and then you can go to baseball this weekend. It's perfect. Yes, sir. Sounds wonderful. All right, congratulations, William. Thanks a lot. We appreciate it, buddy. Thank you, thank you. I enjoy it show every day. Thank you, guys. All right, there he goes. William from Winterville, our winner. Cookie, you ready for a pirate report? Yes, sir, we are. Let's go. And now, Patrick Johnson with today's pirate report on the flagship station of the ECU Pirates, 94.3 The Game. Is that a cookie mix? Is that a mix? No, that was a mistake. <laughs> I thought you were doing a mix there, maybe, for a second. Ooh, I like that. Uh, this is Coach Swartz talking about Cookie. It's cut three, uh, talking about playing at nine at night, nine o'clock. Here we go. Just a long day. I mean, to be honest, you know, it's just a long day and, uh, it's a long day for them too. And I'm sure if we had our choice, we both would rather play a little bit earlier, but just a long day. And you know what? The flip side is we're very fortunate to be in a conference and be uh, in a program where we're on national TV. And so if they told us to play at midnight, we'd play at midnight, and we'd all be okay with it. I've actually been a part of a midnight game before, uh, and, you know, it's just what it is. But it's a great opportunity for our conference and both programs to be on national TV, and it just happens to be a 9 o'clock tip. Don't give them any ideas. Uh, Coach Swartz on honoring the seniors tonight. David and Luigi both uh, getting honored as seniors, and, and our guys understand the importance it is, and everything those two guys have given to this program, this university, uh, you know, our guys understand this game is about them and giving back to them in terms of uh, returning the favor of what they've done in their whole careers here, and this is the last time they get to suit up in Minji's, and so a special night for them. Here's the impact uh, of what Luigi uh, has had on this program. Yeah, it means so much because not only has he brought it physically when he's gone in the game, not only has he bought in, like you said, to what we've done offensively and defensively, just his energy and positivity and leadership every day in practice, his voice, his voice in the locker room. And, and I've said this about Dave and I'll say it about Luigi, even though Luigi's played more, there's games where I know Luigi wants to play more, probably the other night versus Houston. And then I get it. I think all players want to play more. But it has never affected his energy, positivity, leadership, uh, his voice in the locker room. He brings it on the court. He brings it in practice. But even games where he didn't play as much as he wanted to, you know, Stephen, he's brought it. He's brought that energy. And it's just so big for a program as you're, everyone is buying in and putting two feet into what we're doing. Uh, more from uh, Coach Swartz talking about uh, Tulane and uh, the backcourt that they have. Uh, this is Coach Swartz cut four. The, the Houston game against a backcourt that's as good as anywhere in the country was Shed and Sasser, and now you're coming right back to back, and then you get them twice in the same week in terms of the backcourt that Tulane has. I mean, you know, Cook's eight for 15 the other night from three versus Wichita State. They make 15 threes as a team, and you know, you know, two guys averaging 20 points a game in this league. So every night it's a challenge, but without a doubt, between Houston and Tulane this week, uh, 
the top two teams in the league, and you play them three times and Tulane twice back to back. So, from a measurement standpoint, what what you do is you, you prepare for it. Our guys know how good Tulane is. They know how good their players are. Their backcourt is, as you said, and so now you got to go compete. But uh, you don't know until you get in the game, until the experience factor and how talented they are. And so, but our guys will be ready. But they got to go do it. It's a big difference in being ready and going and competing against the very best. And we learned that on uh, Saturday night. Jalen Cook had 30 last time out and hit eight threes. He's had more than 20 in each of his last eight games and 10 of his last 11. So he's on fire right now. Uh, Jalen Forbes makes nearly three threes per game, which is third best in the league. Uh, they will be formidable, undoubtedly. James, top uh Iron Man, top man in minutes in the league. So this is uh, this will be a big deal tonight. Uh, Coach Schwartz referenced it a little bit. He talked about kind of this week ahead tonight and then Friday and Sunday before heading to Fort Worth to play in the conference tournament. So uh, in the here and now, three games in five days to close the regular season. Probably one of the more unique weeks uh, that looks like we're getting right ahead into with, uh, you know, three games in five days and, 9 p.m. tip tomorrow night and then get right on the road and go play back-to-back against Tulane in New Orleans and then head straight to South Florida from there before we come back and get ready for the AAC tournament. So uh, very, very challenging week, uh, obviously against one of the very best teams in this league and starting tomorrow night in Tulane. Uh, Comments from yesterday, Coach Schwartz on keeping the guys fresh this week. You know, we're not that deep in terms of our, our bench and minutes. I think you just try and do what you've been doing but you know the volume can't quite be the same. Uh, that's we've had two really good days of practice. We just have to shrink the time of it a little bit, and um, you know, and then you got to try and manage it throughout the game, and then and the next day and travel. And we'll see when we get there. Right now, all our focus is on being ready uh, by nine o'clock tomorrow night in terms of being ready for the game. We just know what a great team Tulane is. Got so much respect for Coach Hunter, their players, and their program. They're at the very top of this league for a reason, and, and uh, they're a team that I think everyone's aspiring to build their program the way they've done it. So uh, right now it's just trying to prepare every practice, every film session to be ready to go at 9 o'clock. R.J. Felton leads active players uh, for the Pirates in scoring, 13-6. Brandon Johnson just under 13, just over eight rebounds, which is third in the uh, American. Uh, Cookie, you'll be there tonight? Yes, sir. I will be there. And intern Dom, who is no longer an intern, will well, be there. I was going to say, he's well. now Don Kosalki. Yeah, well, what's his nickname? We need a nickname for him now. Quirky, uh, Cookie, you got to let all this happen organically. You you're right. No, force, you're right. You can't force things on. Uh, you, I mean, now, granted, Ben came up with Ben B Baby Byron, but I like it. I'm just creative. Sure, you're not like that, Cookie. Oh, d- d- don't throw shade, You're ben. just not like that, dude. You're so desperate to be phony. No, Ben is be nasty. No, see, like, you try to create that, and it's not sticking, dude. Be nasty. I've never heard that. I've he's never just, heard be he's, nasty. He's, he's just nasty, not a creative man. guy, man. He's nasty. He's just not a creative guy. Ben, you... It's okay. Why are you, why are you hating on Cookie? Ben? Why are you drinking um, that haterade? He's trying to call me be nasty. I mean, would you want to be called pee nasty? <laughs> no. Exactly. I don't think anybody wants any part of anything P-nasty. Exactly, that's, yeah. That's, that's his, that I mean, sounds nasty. P-nasty is close enough to P-nasty, and that's pretty gross. That's yeah, pretty yeah, no, P-nasty is gross. That shouldn't... Uh, yeah, yeah, let's, but, yeah, let's okay. move on from Let's that, move on. Please. Let's move on. Um, Pirates lead the all-time series 17-16. Oh, God. And uh, 
10-7 all-time in Greenville. Uh, they have had 11 games decided by five points or less. And then last year, of course, Tulane blew out the Pirates in New Orleans, but in the meeting in Minji's, which came in January of 22, that was the overtime game where uh, the Pirates won 88-80. So uh, they've played some exciting games at times over the years. They've played some games where Tulane has uh, kind of walloped the Pirates. So we'll see how it goes tonight. Hope a good crowd will be there at 9 o'clock start. Weeknight, a little tough, but uh, again, it's a national TV uh, exposure. Ben, what do you uh, in you you follow the basketball? What what has to happen tonight, Ben? Uh, well, we got to limit their threes when their guards get going from beyond the arc. Uh, it's pretty deadly, so perimeter defense needs to be a must. And I would say uh, our forwards have to be able to rebound. They have two really good forwards that they're playing tonight against Tulane. Yep. Yeah, um, you're yeah. gonna have to be able to get defensive rebounds and offensive rebounds. That's been a point of emphasis for Mike Schwartz this week and all year. So we can't so play I'm, soft. No, cannot play soft tonight. You're right. I, I think uh, the two guys I mentioned, Johnson and Felton, have to be big. But I think Ezra Ozar has to be big tonight. You get you get the big productivity out of those three. I think you'll be in good shape. Well, I like uh, Coach Michael Perry. He's gonna be on the radio broadcast later tonight. He always brings up Brandon Johnson's always the X factor. You can kind of tell what game you're getting from him uh, out of the, just out of the first couple of possessions, and he's a guy they're going to key in on like every opponent, every single game. Um, he needs to get a little bit better in terms of his inside game and getting rebounds, and really kind of embrace that. And if we can get that along with his uh, shooting from beyond the arc and his ability to stretch the floor, you have a deadly combo there at the four position with Ezra and Brandon Johnson moving forward. Pirates could get a 10th home win tonight. That would be big. So uh, let's hope the Pirates can do that against uh, Tulane. Um, Cookie, it just dawned on me because I'm I'm doing Talk of the Town tomorrow, and even See though nasty. I can't, even, <laughs> even though I could, uh, even, though, even though I can do uh, do it all, as you know. Of course, uh, of course. I've i i on Sports made a triumphant return to Talk of the Town to help me today. And uh, they ain't ready for what's coming tomorrow. And then uh, we've got I, we we've asked Cookie to do the sports tomorrow, which means just do the sports cast, Cookie. It doesn't mean come in there and say vulgar things like you're doing on this show right now. Oh no, of course, of course. Talk of the town's got a different vibe. Okay, better but, not uh, be no p nasty on that. Show. <laughs> no, no, there better not be. Um, can but what can, are you able? To yeah. turn it around and, and get in? You're not going to stay up all night, are you? No. Okay. I mean, it's going to be some rough hours with basketball tonight, but I'm ready. I knew what okay. I was getting into. Ben, did you ever lay out your clothes for the first day of school? No. <laughs> no, I, I just showed up. Yeah. I just threw some clothes on. I was ready to go. Cookie says he's already got an outfit laid out for Y'all him. aren't winners, man. <laughs> Wait a minute! What is this, y'all? Because you're implying that you are the same way as Ben just said he no, is. No, I, no, I, I put some thought into my ensemble. Have you not seen me on television? You got to put some. thought Yeah, there's into no yourself. way you just throw that on, Patrick. You know no. how I am in school. I did not take school as seriously as I probably should have. Well, and that's what developed you into be nasty. <laughs> I don't, I don't see the correlation, but okay. I don't, I don't either. But it was just funny. He's trying. It was just funny. He's what trying. He, said. he is. You'll he, get it eventually, buddy. Cookie is a uh, an amusing little fellow. I just I, I like some I like Cookie. Indeed. He's like the little engine that could. <sighs> Keep right. drinking the haterade, brother. Keep doing it. Hey, you're the one uh, who call me B nasty. <laughs> I know that's shots fired first. Yeah, it's a tough that's a tough name. Um, all right, Cookie, you ready for an update? Yes, sir. 
All right, let's get that. Then Dan Bonner joins us to talk some uh, college hoops uh, here on the PJ Show. Starting off, Javon Hubbard has been hired by the ECU football staff as their new recruiting operations coordinator. ECU men's basketball takes on Tulane tonight at 9 p.m. in Menjis. Live coverage can be heard right here on 94.3 The Game and 107.9 WNCT with network coverage beginning at 8.30. ECU ECU head coach Mike Schwartz had this to say about the late start for the game. Just a long day, man, to be honest. You know, it's just a long day and uh, it's a long day for them too. And I'm sure if we had our choice we both would rather play a little bit earlier but just a long day and you know what the flip side is we're very fortunate to be in a conference and be uh, in a program where we're on national tv and so if they told us to play at midnight we'd play at midnight and we'd all be okay with it i've actually been a part of a midnight game before uh and you know it's just what it is but it's a great opportunity for our conference and both programs to be on national tv and it just happens to be a nine o'clock tip North Pitt girls basketball defeated Northeastern 70-62 to to advance to the regional final. North Pitt's Zamaria Jones had over 30 points during the game, and they will play Seaforth on Saturday with the location and time of the game being announced soon. Next up, former Georgia star Jalen Carter, one of the top prospects in next month's NFL draft, has been charged with reckless driving and racing in connection with a crash that killed a teammate and a recruiting staff member. And finally, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers plan to release running back Leonard Fournette, a key contributor in their Super Bowl victory. The move will happen before the start of the new league year on March 15th, a, sto- a source told ESPN. That'll do it for your 94.3 The Game Sports Update. This sports update is brought to you by Team Boneyard, an NIL initiative directly supporting pirate student-athletes. For more info on how to donate, please visit teamboneyard.org. More of the Patrick Johnson Show on the other side of this quick timeout right here on 94.3 The Game. Online or on the go, log on to our brand new website, 943thegame.com. To listen to our top-rated programs throughout the day, you need to tell your smart speaker to stream 94.3 The Game to take us anywhere you are at any time. Or near you. Like us on Facebook for breaking sports stories and the latest from around the Pirate Nation. Oh, absolutely. Oh, absolutely. That's 94.3 The Game's Facebook page. Like us and follow us there today. We were certainly all uh, saddened by the news of Terry Holland's passing on Monday, uh, of course, dying over the weekend due to Alzheimer's. And uh, Terry, 10 years here in Greenville as the uh, the director of athletics. What a job he did, a class act. Dan Bonner with us, CBS Sports, ACC Network, and ESPN. Uh, Dan, always great to talk to you. You're from up that way, and, uh, you know, I don't think you can – could quantify just the overall impact of, of Terry Holland uh, on, on athletics. It's just so vast. Well, you know, it is, but I think the important thing when we're talking about Coach Holland is it's impossible to quantify his effect and his impact on people. Uh, you know, in reading all the stories, the obituary stories, the tribute stories, and have interviews with former coaches and former players, people who worked with him, uh, people who knew him, uh, you know, people who were, uh, you know, I, I worked a game last night with Corey Alexander, who never played for Coach Holland at Virginia and who didn't know him uh, until Coach Holland came back to Virginia as the athletic director uh, and talking about his dealings with Coach Holland. You, 
when you listen to all those people, when you read about all those people, you, you understand or, or you begin to understand the kind of impact that Coach Holland had on people. Uh, obviously, he was a great coach. He was a great athletic administrator. But that's, that's what he was. That wasn't who he was. Who he was was a wonderful human being. And I think that's why people, particularly people like me, uh, are so upset. Yeah. You know, it's interesting. Um, he ushered in a, before the, the current era, a true golden era for Virginia basketball and, and transformed it. Well, there's no question that he did. Uh, prior to Coach Holland's arrival, Virginia had almost no success. Now, it had a little bit of success. In 1972, well, 19, both in 1971 and 72, mm-hmm. very parkhill. And the Virginia Cavaliers had really good seasons. 1972 was an outstanding season for them. But that was the first. That was the first time. And then uh, the 73 and 74 seasons went straight downhill because we didn't have Barry anymore. And Coach Holland came in in 75. And after that, uh, the road the road was uphill. And uh, he just did a tremendous job, again, recruiting players uh, and dealing with his players. Uh, so he was... He was a tremendous basketball coach, as I said. Just so you know, Dan, transformative at ECU. I mean, came in and and helped the football program, which had fallen on some tough times, and got it turned around with Skip Holtz and scheduling alliances, including with UVA, very, very quickly. I mean, he got NC State to play a basketball game in Greenville. Think about that for a minute. I mean, just what, what, a, what an impact. And then just class. I just think of above reproach on all levels, and uh, condolences to you and everyone who knew him very, very well up there, and, and certainly to anyone who, who knew Coach Holland. He, he was he's such a gentleman. He really was. Well, he was a gentleman, and people say that, and they're correct. When you talk about class, that's, Coach Holland epitomized that. But he, was, he may have been one of the two or three smartest people that True. I've ever known. Yeah. Uh, and he was such a creative thinker, and he had such intellectual curiosity and he had, and a lot of people don't know this, and it's not really, a lot of people aren't talking about it, but he had an impish sense of fun. Uh, and so it's just, you know, he was always thinking, he was always looking for the next challenge. I mean, for heaven's sake, you look around and you see these guys now who, who are coaching into their late 70s. And uh, it's like they, of course, they're making much better money than Coach Holland made, but uh, they, they can't think of anything else to do. Well, Coach Holland, he stopped coaching when he was 48. He was always looking for new challenges. As I said, he's, uh, you know, he's much more than a basketball coach or an athletic administrator. Yeah, you're, you're a thousand percent correct, uh, there. Dan Bonner is with us. Dan, I really appreciate you talking about, uh, Coach Holland. That was one of the reasons I wanted to, to speak to you today. And thank you for, again, taking time with us here. Uh, let's shift over to basketball. It seems trite, you know, given uh, remembering the legacy and life of such a, a great man. But uh, here we are, March, according to the calendar, March Madness, <laughs> right? <laughs> so, uh, yeah, I think a logical place to start uh, certainly is uh, a league you see mostly night in and night out, the ACC. We've got the big Duke-UNC matchup. Let's start with Duke because there's a lot of ground to cover there as well. Gutsy went over NC State last night. It got dicey near the end. Uh, but this team has gotten better, granted maybe not against the murderer's row schedule, but 
They have gotten better in one games here in the last month. This, I mean, we get, we get into thinking in this day and age with, I mean, we start talking before the season, season ever starts about who's in and who's out of the NCAA tournament. And, you know, we're looking at teams that we insist that they be good from the time the ball tips off to start the season. Uh, your, your net on which so much is dependent is basically formed in November and December. And Jim Laranaga told me that he was afraid to play his freshmen. Uh, early in the season when he normally would to give them some seasoning because you had to win those games. And I think all that has had an impact on a Duke team that is a young team that wasn't uh, in ter- like they usually are as offensively dynamic in their young players. And it just took some time for them to develop. And I think it's a natural progression of the team. I think John Shire has done a marvelous job with this group of players. Uh, you know, he's figured out how they can use Derek Lively, uh, a young man who's extremely athletic, uh, but who can't do anything but dunk the basketball on offense. And it's a matter of a coach figuring out how to coach this particular group of players. And it's a matter of players adjusting to one another. And that is something that happens with every team in every season. And so uh, what's the goal for a coach? You want your team playing its best basketball at the end of the season, and that's what John Shire has done with this Duke team. Of course, it's Duke Carolina Saturday, and then you have UNC. Basically, Lenardi's got them the first team out, so it would stand to reason if they win, great chance that they'll be in because they will have closed with victories over Virginia and, and Duke to end the regular season. So the Tar Heels have some work to do. Duke's got something to play for too. Uh, they're looking for a, the buy, the double buy, I guess it is, to the uh, in the ACC tournament. So there's a lot on the line here, despite that mad, you know, just madhouse rivalry. Uh, but they are well, playing for there something. Is. Yeah, yeah, there is. And you know, I think you know before I make this comment, I just want to say that as much as I respect and, in fact, am thoroughly amused by Joe Lenardi and his invention <laughs> out of thin air of the science of bracketology. I mean, good Lord, we call it a science now. Uh, Joe Lenardi doesn't determine who gets into the NCAA tournament. And so it's funny, you look at these other bracketologists, and they have North Carolina maybe positioned a little differently, but nobody's in the NCAA tournament yet. And there are some teams that are out, have lost in conference tournaments or didn't qualify for conference tournaments. But North Carolina still has a path into the tournament, and that path is to win games. I'm not sure that a win over Duke guarantees that they get in the tournament. I I don't know that that's the case. I think if you're North Carolina, your goal should be to win and to keep winning. Uh, And maybe if you go and you win the ACC tournament, then you don't have to worry about Joe or anybody else. You, you, You know, you're in. But... I think it's still a little dicey for North Carolina. I think the game is much more important for them from that perspective than it is for Duke. But that rivalry that you're talking about, uh, that sort of takes precedence over everything else. It's you know been an interesting year in the ACC because a couple of names are at the top of the league standings, Dan, that uh, maybe fans in this state are not necessarily used to seeing there, certainly with Pitt, although Miami and, and Jim Laranega have had a great deal of success during his tenure, but it all comes down to their game this weekend. How do you see that coming out? I think that's a really interesting game. Uh, Miami, uh, up until that 
you know, getting whacked uh, with that comeback <laughs> by Florida State. Miami has been basically invincible at home. Uh, and so, I, you know, I, I think that that Pittsburgh, in my mind, is one of the great and yet undiscussed stories in college basketball. This was a team that was finished, finished picked to finish 14th or 15th in the conference. It's a team that has had almost no success at all. And here suddenly they're on top of the ACC and they play a uh, tough guy style of basketball that perfectly fits the character of the city mm-hmm. that they represent mm-hmm. and the university that they represent. And I think that'll be a heck of a game. Both teams can score. Uh, you know, Pitt sometimes is bothered by teams that are really good defensively and can switch all the screens. And Miami is adequate defensively. They are not great defensively. And so I think we'll see a really fun offensive kind of game. And, you know, Miami at home, I give them the advantage. But that, even if Pitt loses that game, that doesn't detract from what the Panthers have done all year. So you're going to be getting uh, your your national assignment for the tournament coming up here if you've, if you've not kind of got an indication already you i guess wait to learn the teams so you've probably started that study uh i'm sure before now but you know as you kind of shift to that mode dan uh, and looking ahead to the tournament what would you predict for march madness is there a team that stands out do you think it's just going to be chaos to the highest degree give us a primer I think it's, I think it's going to be wide open. Uh, as I look around, I see some teams that, you know, have been up and down during the season that are now starting to play really well. Kansas is a perfect example. Uh, I think UCLA is another example. Uh, and, you know, nobody, nobody is talking about Gonzaga, but I mean, they're still Gonzaga and they have, they still share the conference regular season title. And so I think there are teams out there who are suddenly now playing their best basketball. And it's maybe a little early to be at your actual peak, but there are teams out there that are headed toward that peak, or so it seems. Kansas is one of them. UCLA is another one. Uh, and I saw a team last weekend that, you know, a week ago, everybody had them out of the NCAA tournament, uh, including our friend Joe. Uh, but, <laughs> but, but Kentucky – Kentucky has, again, you've got a guy trying to develop a team, and they seem to be headed toward the uplands here, too. So I think there's a lot of good basketball teams out there. I don't think there are any great basketball teams out there. You have to respect Houston, but yeah. Houston, you know, I think that they their, their style uh, is such that they don't play at a particularly fast pace. And so I think there are teams out there that may not be as good as Houston, that can stay in a game against Houston. And when you're playing in the NCAA tournament, somebody's in the game against you, that can spell possible disaster. So I like Houston. I like their chances. Again, they're a bunch of tough guys. Uh, I think Kansas is playing very well. I would never count out Gonzaga. And uh, even though Mick Cronin has his uh, shorts all in a wad about the uh, <laughs> the, the uh, early release of the brackets, uh, I, you know, I don't think that matters. Uh, you know, <laughs> to my mind, it doesn't matter what seed you are. Uh, you're going to go into the NCAA tournament and your first game is going to be against a team that can probably beat you. Uh, and so it doesn't really make much difference unless you're a number one seed. And I don't see UCLA being that. 
But, uh, you know, I think they're, they're playing well. They're a veteran team. Uh, they've got, uh, you know, great guard leadership, but I, I think it's going to be wide open. Uh, you know, Miami with their dynamic backcourt, depending on matchups, they could advance to the Elite Eight again or further. I think North Carolina State, based on the dy- dynamic nature of their backcourt, which, you know, hasn't been playing well both guys at the same time here recently, but, you know, you have a little ups and downs and NC State can get it back. But, I, you know, I just think there's a lot of teams out there like that that can get hot, and I think that's what we're going to see. I, I don't, wouldn't exactly describe it as chaos, but I think there's going to be a lot of surprises. It'll be madness. Enjoy the madness, Dan Bonner. I'll do my best. Yeah, I'm sure you will. Thank you, Dan. Appreciate it. Dan Bonner, CBS Sports. He'll be on the call of the NCAA tournament. He's usually second weekend guy. And, of course, ACC Network. Uh, ESPN. All right, uh, break, come back, and uh, we will wrap things up after this. And now, the stunning conclusion of the show. It's the P-Man here on 94.3 The Game. The medical marijuana bill has passed the North Carolina Senate with bipartisan support. It passed at 420 today. What does that mean? Exactly. Like, I'm genuine question. Uh, wow, he jumped guy. on that one. He See, Nasky over here was quick to ask questions about this bill. <laughs> I know. I'm, I'm just curious. I don't know if we have time to get. I'll tell you, we'll, we'll get into it in a big way on Talk of the That's town. something for okay. tomorrow. Yeah, tomorrow morning. Yeah, that's a that's a tomorrow morning thing. But I where I wanted to go with this, boy, he did jump on that. Didn't Absolutely that? quickly. What? We the song didn't even finish yet. <laughs> no, break. He, he railed the song down to make sure that. Yeah. <laughs> what? Uh, but I, I since they've passed this, they've got to pass sports gambling legalization, right? Yeah, I mean, don't you want to get high and <laughs> gamble on sports? <laughs> oh come on, see, no, dude, you. Didn't... That's a great combination. <laughs> that, that that was gutsy, oh, man. Oh God. Yeah. Uh, that ben has gutsy. a big announcement tomorrow, and I'm I'm even more concerned about the big announcement uh, <laughs> regarding Ben tomorrow now than I ever have been. No, come on, it's so, a joke, fellas. It's, it's all in good It's all fun and games. We're just having a couple laughs here. Pirate basketball tonight. Is Pilkington doing a pregame uh, show locally? Yes, today? yes, he okay. is. Philip the ref Pilkington at eight here on ninety four three the game network at eight thirty. Pilk will be anchoring the uh, sports update desk during the network. And uh, we'll have ECU basketball as the Pirates host Tulane at 9 o'clock tonight. Uh, and then uh, back tomorrow, we'll wrap it all up for you. Audrey LeClaire, daughter of Keith LeClaire, will join us on the program tomorrow. Looking forward to catching up with her and talking to her uh, ahead of the uh, LeClaire Classic uh, this weekend. Uh, also, uh, with me on the TV this weekend for ESPN Plus for baseball, Lonnie Chisinau. Played at Pitt Community College and then with the Indians in the big leagues. He'll be uh, on the call of the uh, game. Looking forward to to that coming up. All right. Uh, I think that'll about do it, won't it, Cookie? I think that will about do it. All right. It's a beautiful day, right? Oh, it was really gorgeous today. Perfect. Uh, all right. Catch everybody in the morning on Talk of the Town. I'll be in for the big hen. Cookie will be doing sports. 